What is going on, family members? Welcome back. It is Wednesday, October 13th, the best day of the week. It's not a Friday or a Saturday. It is without a doubt my favorite day of the week. We are on Wednesday. Like I said, it's October 13th. Uh, we're still in the thick of Libra season. Once again, shout out all my Libras out there. Man, man, oh man, has it been a busy day, week, month. Um, it, It's just been busy, you know, uh, over here at Off the Ball, we just had um, Mo over at the Up in Flames have one of the uh, best guests um, to ever grace us with his presence. Um, and I'm happy to say that he is actually waiting on me to bring him in. He's waiting, which I am very, very happy. Whenever we do episodes like this where, where they're deep, they're deep conversations, uh, one of the guys that keeps me sort of level-headed is, is our guy Jeff, vice president. Um, like I said, he lit literally two minutes before I started was on with Mo. And they were talking about his rankings, which we'll get into in, in a minute here. He'll be able to go over once again, as I'm sure he loves to go over his his rankings once again, because they're 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 damn near perfect. I, I will say that he he does put a lot of thought into them. Um, when the people who see them on on Twitter or Facebook, whatever, they look at it and they just they basically see one through thirty two. He breaks it into four different groups, but literally in in the group chat in our off the ball network group chat, he really puts a lot of thought into it. He he releases the rankings to us the day the day before. We kind of give him our thoughts and opinions. We attack him sometimes, some of us more than others. Um, but his rankings are great. And then we're going to get into the investigation that wasn't really an investigation into the Washington football team. Like it was, it was their investigation again into them, but somehow, some way uh, the NFL and the commissioner decided to, you know, they picked it, they found a scapegoat and that's what they're going with. So while we're waiting for Jeff to, uh, to get back, he's, uh, he's almost back. Let me give you guys a look. Those are his, that's his power rankings right now. Like I said, he has, you know, basically one through 32. They're broken up into four groups. Tier one, obviously the contenders, the teams who have a legitimate chance and are looking really good to make a deep playoff run, if not a Super Bowl run. In the hunt, you got nine through 16, those teams that are, we don't really know what to make of them just yet. We thought some of them were going to be bad, like the Bengals. Um, they actually really showing that they are they're legit other teams like the chiefs we thought going into the season were going to be really good uh, not so much then plenty of time you got the seahawks you know at the top of that eagles that's the ones who they're kind of teetering on the on the brink um, but they do got a little bit of time to write the ship and uh on the right life raft where you see my team is at at least we're the leaders of that that group i will say that we're, we're number one in that group um so without further ado I got to bring my guy on. Jeff, how's it going, brother? Hey, great, man. I appreciate you doing this. I, I know it stings a little, uh, but I also, I, I you know, I got to keep it real. It's nothing against the Washington football team. I love them. I root for them every week. I live and die with you and Coach. You guys are doing a great job on your show. Um, this is just this is just where they're at now. 
It's just where they're at now. They're on the life raft. That, that, you know what? They might be reeled in. They might be saved. They might they might get to shore. They might straighten things up, and everything's going to be fine, man. You're right. They, it might be. Um, judging from the way that this team has looked for the first five weeks, um, I, I, I expect that life raft to get a couple holes in it and start sinking very, very quickly. <laughs> you're, you're, you're sensing sharks. This is this is a, a shark. I, I know, man. It's... Like if I'm being, I we won't do a Washington show because I, you know, I know you do one every week, but they they've been one of my biggest letdowns of the season so far, and and I don't mean that. I don't take any I don't take any gratification in that. I've just been every I'm a little disappointed. But here's the thing: they have two wins. That that's all. All that matters is just like just just gather some wins. But, you know, their division's not fantastic. You know, to say You're the right. least. So um, you know, we're, we're not giving up on them. But like I said, there's like you even said, is they're the they're your biggest letdown, and obviously with not my biggest, saying, not they're, my they're, biggest. Who who else is a bigger letdown? Well, well, my dolphins are an absolute disaster. Okay, they, they, my dolphins look like one of the worst teams in the league. They're not losing close games. They're not messing up to lose on the lap. Like they're just getting blasted for four weeks in a row and they look like they don't have a quarterback and they thought they had a quarterback at least you guys knew you didn't have a quarterback you got a replacement you, you know what I mean you got you got someone to like get you through a season unfortunately got hurt or whatever you know even even Heineke that's great because now you're not paying a lot for a guy that looks adequate the Dolphins are in a mess right now they look bad and they may not they may have missed on their quarterback. So the Dolphins have just been an absolute disaster. So so I, I try to break down the groups that you have. So run down how you what you think of each group. Obviously, the contenders are the contenders. The contenders is pretty are. obvious. That's that's simply teams that the playoffs start, things go right. They they could win three, you know, three to four games in the playoffs. And the hunt just means that you're good. Um, you've you've got issues. If the playoffs start tomorrow, I, I don't give you a, a great chance. But obviously, like, you figure some things out, whatever your weak spots are. Uh, plenty of time is essentially trying to be optimistic. Uh, these categories change week to week. I've called this optimistic before. It's like, hey, uh, the season's not over. I understand if you're a fan, you're like you, – the, the, here. this group here is weird because some fans are like, okay – we're on the way up. Like the Eagles had a real had a really good week. Yeah. I think they're having a, um, uh, a season that makes them feel good, even though they're at two and three, as opposed to the Washington football team is at the same record, feels yeah. worse because of expectations and, and all these things. As to where the Seahawks are just in a landslide, Wilson's out. Um, it's not that they're a horrible football team, but without a quarterback, it's tough in the NFL. So this is that section to where, like, hey, there's plenty of time. If you still win here, can get through an injury here, you know, you can fight your way back into playoff contention. I mean, we get 14 teams in a playoff. It's not impossible to get True. there. The life raft, it's a little harsh, but it's essentially like, you know, you figure out what you want to do next year is kind of what that means. Like, I, I don't – you know, you're you're right on the precipice. Like, you probably need to win a game in the next two weeks maybe this week uh like Washington football team like i said aren't completely out of it if you're the dolphins if you're anything below that like you're pretty much done like it, to fight back through this season is just going to be almost impossible so but the names um 
you know, they're not as important as I just want people to kind of like, you know, a lot of this was just to make people think about this is this is kind of how I see it in my mind. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, uh, it's things like that. Some of it's, you know, having a little fun and some of it's like, okay. And then as the season goes on, these, these sections are going to be much more important. I remember how long it took the Washington football team to get to the get to the left side last year. I know you remember that. They just oh, yeah. kept crawling and crawling and fighting. But when they got there, they never come out of it, and they had a great playoff game. So that's part of, you know, plenty of time. So that's the reason I love your ranking so much is because you because normally in everywhere else, the, you know, power football or the pro football focus rankings, NBC Sports, ESPN, NFL Network, they're all just one through 32. It's essentially just stand. Yeah, it's essentially yeah. just standings. So and then that's where you get into, especially in the middle of the pack, you get into the thick of it where, you know, you could if this was a one through 32, you could say, well, why is Washington below Denver when Washington you know, theoretically has a better defense or you can say, I, I get Yeah. You're, yeah. But that's why I love your rankings because yes, the Broncos start out three, and we said they were against really, really bad teams so far. It's been proven somewhat right now. They're sitting there at three and two, um, but you still have the Colts sitting there and they're at one and four sitting on yep. plenty of time because they did a play well Monday night against the they Ravens. Played really good. Like, I don't know how they don't win that game Monday night, dude. Like, I just, I, I still don't know how they didn't win that game. Either. Um, but another, so it, it's interesting to me. You have the two zero and five teams above the Texans and Jets. Give us your kind of thought process behind putting those two above teams well, that have wins. The, well, okay. So the Jaguars could have easily beat a Bengals team that I think is pretty good. Um, the Jaguars, I know that it's been a laughing stock with Urban Meyer and all these things. They haven't, they haven't tripped over themselves. They've looked like a team. They're just a bad team that's kind of doing things correctly. Like their execution and stuff's not horrible. They're just not a good team. Um, the Texans, if, if Tyrod Taylor doesn't go out, they're, I don't have them in this spot. They took a, a week one win, but without a quarterback, I, I – there, there's no reason for me to, to to put them any higher than that because I just don't know who they can beat. Um, they just don't. They just don't have their backup quarterback was their starting quarterback. So that's a and the Jets. They I I can't. It's inexplicable how they beat the Titans that day. Whatever it was, Wilson Wilson has just looked bad. You know, frankly, like it, I mean, it's not just me. The quarterback guys, you know, the big name guys will tell you he's just. And that's fine for a rookie quarterback. I don't care. We've talked about this before. Let your guy go out and make a ton of mistakes and throw the ball and learn how to you know, do these things. He hasn't looked that great. The Jets, I, there's not a position group on the field. Like it's not, They're not one of these teams that I feel like, man, if they just – like we watched the, the Cleveland Browns for about three years be like, man, they're so close. Like this position group looks good. This draft pick worked out like – Man, if something goes right, they're really going to turn this thing around. I don't see anything about the Jets that makes me think that that's going to happen, including and you, you know, they're riding on the back of a rookie quarterback who looks like he could care less whether they, you know, win or lose either. So that's essentially it. The the Lions could easily, easily have two to three wins on this season and still be a bad team. Easily have two to three wins. I, I don't even like putting them down there. And the Dolphins are just in a free fall. The Giants, the biggest problem with them at one and four, they look like they just, it looks like their ceiling's like 17 points. Like it just looks like they just can't score enough points to win games. 
So that that's kind of how that breaks down. The Falcons, the Falcons are probably they're a way better team than they play like, but they just simply just can't win games. That's for two years now. They just can't win games. So yeah. And ever and, since that twenty-eight to three collapse, it, the, yeah, they no, truly, right. and, truly have not been the same. And keep in mind, part of this is like, what do I think your odds are to be a championship team? Like everybody needs to remember that this isn't about like going, like how good do you look going into next year. This is about, you know, if a tournament started tomorrow, where would you finish? And I think that, and that you know, if that that sometimes helps people make more sense of my standings. So of all these teams, who has been your biggest surprise so far? Uh, actually, the Packers. I started them really low, and I know it sounds crazy to say they're surprised, but I thought I thought the New Orleans game was going to be more of like the real pack, like the Packers this season. I really thought that Rodgers were going to come in, mail it in, try to get the next season. They were going to be a whatever a nine and eight team or eight and nine team. Uh, they've looked pretty good in several games. I love the Bengals. Um, if you watch the Bengals, like I, there's a few teams like this every year, whether it's college football, whether it's NFL football, that if you watch them play a game and they and they didn't show the score and you kind of lost track of the score and really just watched them, you would go, "That's a pretty good football team." The Bengals are really fast. Um, Burrows, you know, Burrow looks. I was calling Burrows. You think I'd known him for freaking? I've known him for eight years. You think I would know his name? But I'm Burrow looks the part. Um, he's making great decisions out there. He's got control of the team. Uh, Chase was obviously the right pick. Um, we laughed at it before the season started, but he's a he's a really good receiver. Um, I just they've been a, a pleasant surprise. And when I watch them, I, it doesn't look like a fluke. As a matter of fact, they should be four and one. They really, honestly, ought to be four and one after last week. They're not. That's how the NFL works. But really been impressed with them. Um, another pleasant. The Eagles are honestly a pleasant surprise, only because I like to see. I just like to see teams be better. I don't want to see these dumpster fires of teams. And I, I was way down on Jalen Hurts. He's played good enough. I know this team's gonna. They're gonna wind up with five, six wins, or whatever. Um, that that's been pretty cool to watch them. So those are the ones. The Chargers are a little better than I thought, but I can't sit here and say that like, oh, wow, nobody saw this coming. A lot of people saw that coming with the Chargers. So, um, yeah, I would say that that's a few of them. But the Bengals have really jumped out as like, wow, this team looks like in two years they could contend for a Super Bowl. I really, really, really love watching the Bengals this year. One Partly oh, because good. my I, wife is, is a Bengals fan. Oh, cool. So I do follow them a little bit. Joe Burrow coming out of LSU, I was very big on Joe Burrow. Me and Mo talk about it all the time. You were on, you were you were ahead of me. I, I I fully admit. Um, one of our very first shows together, we did we we did the first ten uh draft picks of that draft class, and I took Joe Burrow, and I was, I you would have thought I had a man crush on this guy. Like I yeah. thought he, and I still do think he could be one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Um, I think he is. And I, when I say one of, I mean he's 12, 13, you know, he's in that range. Yeah. It's, he know, can especially definitely going with, forward. Right. If he can just protect himself, like that hit he took last week where yeah. he, he kind of got cut up from under him and then his head yeah. slammed into the ground scared me a little bit. If he can just learn to not take those unnecessary hits, I think he, he will definitely be a top five quarterback yeah. in the next it, and he's figured, he's figured it out every week. And once he figures out the Tom Brady, you know, thing of like protecting himself and, and him and, you know, like Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, like these guys that aren't freak athletes. Um, and he's a good athlete. Like all these guys are freak athletes. But I mean, you know what I'm saying? Exceptional like 
athletes. Um, once he figures that out, which he's really close already in year two. And keep in mind, year two, he's actually only in what his – what is he in now, ninth or tenth game, 12th? Like he hasn't played a full season of football yet. He played – I think mean, he got hurt in week 11 last year. Yeah. So he doesn't have a full season under him yet. Yeah. He just – he's just um, – I've been really impressed. I can't I, – I, I can't tell you, Cruz. Like I cannot believe this is the same guy that I watched play against my son you know six years seven years ago it doesn't it doesn't register in my brain like but i'm happy for him yeah but um i just i just think that's a good looking team man so let me ask you this what do we make of the chiefs right now they're sitting at two and three this is you know before this season patrick mahomes had never lost a game in in the month of september um and right now they're sitting at two and three sole possession of last place in their division if the playoffs are today they would be nowhere near the the that not even the seventh seed uh they're going up against washington this weekend so i you know shameless plug it out her our sponsor mybookie.ag um in my 10 team parlay i i took them their favorite minus seven right now against washington and i would have taken them if they were favorite in minus 20. oh geez um they're they've they've got troubles and they've got the same troubles you know Cruz, you've watched you since you're an NFC East guy. You watched you watched a lot of Andy Reid teams. Yes, they're suffering from the same thing. It's like it's almost like run the offense. Don't don't worry about the situation. Don't worry about the outcome. Just keep running the offense. It's just still the you know somebody brought it up the other night. They're running and, and I love I love what they're doing with these misleading plays to where they're lining up under the guard and then they're shifting over. Kelsey's acting like he doesn't know what the play is and it turns into a touchdown. That's fine. But at some point in the NFL, like go down and get a field goal, just go down and get a field goal. And they're just not doing enough of that. I think they're really, you know, I talked to Mo Murphy about this earlier. I think they're really having some troubles on the back end of their defense. Um, You know, maybe Sorensen, you know, is past his peak or on the whatever's going on. They're really giving up big plays. And when they play good quarterbacks, they're losing to them. They've lost to Herbert. (laughs) They've lost to Allen. And they've lost to Lamar Jackson. Guys that can expose these weaknesses, you know, when they they make them. So it just – I don't want to blame Andy Reid, but it's the same complacency that these teams have. I think everybody loves playing for Andy Reid, but I think sometimes maybe it's too relaxed. Uh, Mahomes hasn't gotten better since the Super Bowl win, and that that concerns me greatly. Like it really concerns me that he hasn't added to his game. I don't know what the reason is. I'm, I have no idea what a guy does. I'm not saying he's not committed, blah, blah, blah. But he, he has not added to his game. He should be – Honestly, by this point, I think Mahomes ought to be throwing for 250 a game, but his team is winning by 10. Does that make any sense? Like he yeah. ought to just be like dicing the team up and then getting out of there or, or get a field goal every drive. And the, in the NFL, if you get a field goal like every drive, you'll win a game. It's not yeah. that complicated. So I have serious concerns about the Chiefs, and I don't – I'm not saying they can't make the playoffs, but I don't know that they can beat a Rodgers, a Herbert – maybe even a Jackson, a Prescott, um, a, you know, I, it's just all these guys, you know what I mean? Like maybe a, a healthy Kyler Murray, definitely not a Josh Allen. So, mm-hmm. like, if you can't beat six or seven of the best quarterbacks in the league, like, can I consider you a Super Bowl contender? Probably not. 
because your defense Probably is not. not going. Your defense isn't going to step up. Yeah, I feel like that's the biggest problem with them is they they've allowed the league to catch up to them, which we knew was going to happen eventually. But it's just it seems like all these other teams, especially the teams like the Bills, the Browns, the Browns are yeah. I think one crazy bounce away from from beating them. Yes, um, earlier this year, Browns are a slightly better quarterback away from beating them. I mean, I'm just being honest. Like that, they yes. they should have easily won that game. Mayfield made one huge mistake. Yeah, we know Baker Mayfield is a running back of quarterbacks for you. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, but I'm being honest. Like, that's yeah, no, I, I compl- yeah, I but I completely agree with you. Had they've had a slightly better quarterback. You're right. They probably slightly most better. likely, right. They most likely lose that game and they're sitting at one and four and they're probably either yeah. at the bottom of in the hunt or, You're you know, right. they're what the Seahawks and they're plenty of time. They should, they should be one and four right now. You're exactly right. And they have, they, Andy Reed has done nothing to, to nope. address that defense. He, this whole time, it just seems like he's relied on that offense that, Hey, you know what? Yeah, our defense can give up 35, 40 points, but we're scoring 45, 50 points yeah. every game, so it doesn't even matter, uh, which clearly is not the case because now, again, they're sitting at last place in, in the division um, going into, you know, we're midway through the month of October. Yeah, you, you um, saw that you saw the cracks in the dam last year. Like, they won a lot of close games that everybody, yeah. like, rolled their eyes and was like, ah, it'll be fine, it'll be fine, and it was. I mean, they made it to the Super Bowl, but – you know, then expose themselves. And let's, let's imagine they weren't, they really shouldn't have won the San Francisco Super Bowl. Like, let's be honest. Like they, they, they deserve, I'm not saying they didn't deserve it, but like, okay, let's put, I'm sorry. They could have lost it. We'd be having this entirely different conversation mm-hmm. if Mahomes is on two in Super Bowls and they're true. playing like this. That's Very all true. I'm saying. So one, one thing that not only in your rankings, but a lot of rankings have bills over the Cardinals. Yes. And that one versus two. First of all, l- let's just, Let's just be frank. Power rankings in week sense, week six don't really matter. Absolutely. Like you, you can get into semantics and statistics. You can get into analytics about Kyler Murray is better on third and long than John. Than, but regardless, why do you have the Bills over the Cardinals? Two things. Essentially, you know, in my rankings, you know, once again, they're more of a long-term projection. We talked about that. So in my rankings, I, I'm, I give every team a chance to prove – what I saw the week before, usually two weeks is what I give them. Like if they have a terrible game, I don't, I try not to knee jerk and I give them a couple games. And if they have a great game, I do the same, like new Orleans saints, for instance, like after, after week one, they should have been number one. Obviously we knew they weren't the best team in football. They just looked like it. But what the bills have done after that inexplicable Pittsburgh loss, like nobody has any idea what happened in that game. They've just mowed through the four teams as you know, Every, here's what everybody says. Well, it's not the best schedule. Well, there's only 32 teams in the NFL. Like, it's not it's not college football. The schedules aren't that much different. So the Bills have played four games. They've walked through everybody. And I mean walked through them, and Chiefs included. And they were the one team that really dismantled the Chiefs. And then another thing is the Cardinals. I love them. They were one last week. So two things happened. You know, they showed, they showed some vulnerability versus a physical team in San Francisco, but everybody does. San Francisco beat you up. And I'll just be totally honest with you. When I see Kyler Murray sitting on the sidelines trying to warm up that shoulder and doing that cringe when they when the old the classic, like either a pitcher or a quarterback, when they're rotating yeah. that, that, that shoulder and they do that cringe and it, and it this just happened last year, um, that's it. Because if, if Kyler Murray, the way he plays football, loses, you know, three mile an hour off his fastball, everybody's hitting home runs. 
and yeah. and that's a and Josh Allen's going the exact opposite direction. Like that that dude's just, you know, whatever happened week one, he shook it off, and he's just mowing through people right now, and he, he looks like Optimus Prime out there playing quarterback. So that is strictly it. I think if the tournament starts tomorrow, I think if the Cardinals and Bills play tomorrow, I don't I don't really think it's super close. I think it's the Bills and eight, maybe eight points, nine points better. All right. Now now to the hard stuff. We we got through the fun. That was definitely fun. I enjoy talking power rankings with you both. Absolutely. You know, live in, in in our in our group chat. Um but so for those of you who have been living under a rock or who really don't follow football all that much, the Washington football team now now if I told you that there was an investigation into an NFL team <laughs> and the person who loses their job is a Las Vegas Raiders head coach, you would think a logical assumption would be that the investigation was into the Las Vegas Raiders. It was not. It would be logical to think, okay, maybe it was a team in the NFC or in the AFC West. It was not. Okay, so would it be a team in the AFC? Nope, it is not. A team 3,500 miles away was the subject of, of an investigation. My Washington football team. I'm going to be completely blunt and honest with you guys right now may not be my team for very much longer. It has been an exhausting, tumultuous 18 months dealing with this football team to the point where, why not at this point? I think this is as good as time as any to where, like we had, I had somebody who I follow, me and him, we we followed each other very closely for the last 12-ish months. Uh, we're both Washington fans, and one day he tweeted. This was, I think, Sunday afternoon after our loss to the Saints. Uh, new profile pick was a Buffalo Bills logo. He said, oh. guys, I'm a Bills fan now. My whole family is from the Buffalo area. They're all Bills fans. I'm the one that kind of went astray. I'm a Bills fan now. And I retweeted it with the with the assumption that my tweet was going to say something along the lines of, that's fine. We don't want you. You don't want bandwagon fans. You know, if you're going to leave in tough times, just go. But what I actually ended up typing was, I don't even blame him. Good luck. Good luck this season. Because, I, I, again, the last 18 months with this team, not just on the field. The product on the field has been trash for the last 28 years. Ever since I can remember. We've had a few good seasons here and there. On the field product is one thing. I can still stand by a team that plays garbage year in and year out. But when you are constantly the subject of an investigation and accusations of sexual harassment, sexual misconduct, sexual assault, it's very, very hard to stand by the team and it, it didn't it wasn't just a one time thing bruce allen this is who he is when he was the president of the team he forced washington cheerleaders to take topless pictures oh. that in and of itself absolutely disgusting oh. not only did he force them to take topless pictures he then used his work email to email these pictures out to at least one other person that we know is john gruden 
And for him, all this that we found out this week, for him to have told us a year and a half ago that this culture is damn good. Back then, it was it was a joke. A few months later, it was embarrassing. Now it's just flat out disgusting. To say that, that our culture was damn good while knowing you were doing stuff like this. Now, the whole reason all this came about was because we found out John Gruden said some racial racist remarks towards Demora Smith, um, president of the NFLPA, said that he had Michelin tire lips. Now, John Gruden tried to go back on it and say, oh, no, that was like saying he has rubber lips, which means he's a liar. Hmm. Now, and and look, I'm I'm not saying he's right or wrong. He he, I, no, you know what, I'm gonna say it. he that, that was a flat out just that was a terrible, terrible way to twist it. I don't know who in his camp gave him that advice to say, oh, oh yeah, just just tell him, just say that he's a he's a liar. So he says that. Randy Moss on live air crying because again, this isn't racism, not only just in, in professional sports, but in this country as a whole, it's not anything new, you know, and for these to be, and I, and I get it. People use the argument all the time. Oh, it was 10 years ago. It was a 10 year old email, which I get. Here's my thing though. When these athletes are coming through the, the draft system, when they're getting ready to be drafted, they're through, going through combines, whether NFL, NBA, MLB. And they pull up a tweet from five, six years ago when they were a freshman in high school with something completely out of line, no excuse for it. And they say, hey, that's what that was me when I was a kid. I'm not like that anymore. I am very quick to give them the benefit of the doubt. Because I will admit, I said dumb stuff when I was a child, when I was a freshman in high school. I've said stuff that I'm proud of. No, of course not. But I have. This email was 10 years ago. He was 48 years old. John Gruden was. That is where I draw the line of you're, you cannot grow. That, that When you're doing something at 48 years old, that's who you are. That's who you are because that's what you were raised on. That is what you were taught, and you think it's okay. Now, Jeff, you are very qualified to talk about racial issues in this in this uh, country. What were your thoughts when when you first heard John Gruden said that a black man has Michelin tires, Michelin man. tire lips? Man, you just fired me up, Cruz. Like I know people like see me smiling and laughing, and it's because it makes me feel so good. Because like I, I, this is how I got to know Cruz. Um, that this is why I love Cruz, and I knew that like tonight was the night, you know, that like I wanted to hear what he had to say. He's so correct. He is so correct about everything. Like this is what I've tried to explain to everybody this week. Like I, you know, I live like I. Everybody knows. Like I admit it. I'm fully admit it. I live in this lily white world that you know excuses this protects this 
And thank you for bringing up the fact that 10 years ago, he was older than me. And, and when I keep telling everybody, I'm like, wait a minute, like, you know, every, like, I'm very, very, like, I just, I just want to get on my soapbox for a second. I'm very, very proud that my, my network and my colleague of friends and that everybody I work with is, is a very, very, very mixed variety of people and, um, you know, you know, races and locations and, and everything. And I can tell you what, I could send everybody that I work with, every email that I've ever typed, and none of this happened. I've been sending emails for how, however long I've had the internet. So I just want to say that when, when they excuse 10 year old emails. So thanks, Cruz, for bringing that up. And the first, and, the, and it was the immediately the first thing I thought was like, here we go again. And what did I say in my tweets? The, the first thing that people say when they're accused of any of this is like, I'm not a racist. So let me try to explain this to people that aren't uh, a honky like me. Um, because I got, I'm just saying, I know, I'm just, I'm just being honest. Like I know where this comes from because I get to, I, I'm, I'm, I've always said like, I'm on the inside. Like I know exactly how this starts when they say like, I'm not a racist. It's what they mean is, um, I decide how I treat someone by how much they help me. Like, what do they mean to me? What do they do for me? So no. I, Gruden's probably not super rude to his players. You know why? Because, you know, the NFL was majority black football players. They got him a hundred million dollar contract. So in his mind, he's like, no, these, these, these guys are cool. It's the classic. Oh no, it's not, it's not those ones or it's not those, those guys or, or whatever. It's, I, I meant something different. And then when this comes out, like how, like, the first thing he says is like, uh, you know, I'm not racist. I don't want to talk about this. Well, I'm sure you don't. <laughs> like, I'm sure that's the, but, and there, that's what I tell everybody. Like, they're like, ah, oh, if we're going to go back 10 years, I'm like, wait a minute, you can go back 10 years on me. Like Cruz, I promise you sitting here, you can go back 10 years and read everything I've done. I've been on Twitter for 11 years. I will ask I've got, I think I've got like 25,000 tweets now. I promise you, everybody go back and look through every one of them and read through every one of them. There's not one of them. There's not one of them that I'll have to say, oh, wait, that was 10 years ago or that was nine years ago or that was eight years ago. No, because it, Rob is right. It, it, this is something that's that's in you. It's born in you. And then you don't you don't like he doesn't feel like he's racist because he's like, well, no, I've got a I've got a black running back and I'm nice to him. That is not the same thing as how you look at somebody, you know, outside of your workforce or or how you and then let's not you. You're just touching on the racism stuff. We haven't even touched on the misogyny and the homophobia and all that. I'm sure you're going to get to that. Mm-hmm. So, like. We're talking about a guy that gave one hundred million dollars to run a team. So nobody on on this earth can tell me that when everybody comes in and they want to apply for a, uh, you know, a coaching position or, or whatever, I don't care if it's a ball boy. You can't tell me after what you've seen from Gruden that he doesn't have an effect on whether that person gets hired or not. And then that doesn't have an effect on whether they move up the chain or not. And then all of a sudden everybody's like, why don't we have more minority coaches? And it's like, well, gee, I, I wonder why. I wonder if it's because John Gruden wouldn't hire, you know, this candidate that was completely worthy. And I'm not saying this happened, 
but this this is how the systemic racism misogyny which is is a is the same point homophobia all these things this is how they this is how they affect if they're if he like there's no way that you can like why would your first instinct be when you're negotiating even i don't care how much you dislike somebody all you if, if all you can come up with is a racial slur about a person like smith that has achieved so much in life and is obviously you know went through you know let's not even talk about what he had to go through just to get to his position right and then the all you can think of is to make fun of his lips like that is if there's levels of racism that is like 1800 shit like that's how i feel about that so here was my first instinct and I, you can, my wife was sitting right there when it, because she was watching the Monday Night Football game with the Ravens, and they announced it. And I put it out on Twitter, and I was like, "I'm done with this dude. I'm tired. I'm tired of spending time. Not, not that I don't want to be on her show, but this is what I said. I'm tired of spending time to, like talking about these creeps. I know why you're defending. I knew exactly what was coming, Cruz. I knew exactly what the defenders were going to say. You, you already covered it. Ten years, blah 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 blah. Oh, we're trying to erase history. No, no." Let me address this. Taking, I'm sorry, Cruz. I don't mean to hijack your show. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Taking John Gruden out of the ring of honor in Tampa Bay is not erasing history. Like, Cruz, you're you're not. Let's just put it this way: you're not a white male fan. You know what I mean? You're you're you're. You know what I'm saying? Like you 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 have you have different background and stuff. So like, whether it's a woman whether it's Latino, whether it's black, there are a lot of fans that for decades, decades have supported the NFL, despite, despite how they've been treated, portrayed, and how like the white tough guy has been and all this, but they've still been there. And so here's what I said. I was like, I have no problem with Tampa Bay saying, I have no problem with them saying like, like we recognize that this might have hurt your feelings. We appreciate your support for the last 40 years or however long Tampa Bay has been around. We're not like, we're not erasing this guy from history, but we're also recognizing that you guys have turned the other cheek on so many things in the world, you know, and, and still supported our football team. The commercials don't support you, uh, whether it's tobacco, whether it's beer, whatever they are and, and until even the last decade you like we have like all we're doing is saying that this guy doesn't represent our franchise anymore uh we apologize and we want you all to be here we want you all to be friends like that's what that says to me that it's not a race in history this guy wasn't a world leader he wasn't a general he wasn't any of this he was a football coach that took over T- tony dungy's team which I would like to have a conversation with Tony Dungy about this subject after last week, but I never judge Tony Dungy because I understand that his age, like he had a fight to get to where he is that like I, a person like me could never comprehend. So I'm not going to get down. Like I know a lot of people are down on Mike, Mike Tirico and Tony Dungy. I'm like, I have no idea what they had to go through to get, get what they are, get where they are. But that being said, he wasn't that great a coach. Taking him down is, is simply to me saying, I recognize that a huge portion of our fans might have been offended by this. Because we're not just talking, we're not just talking African Americans. We're talking women. You know, mm-hmm. we're talking, uh, 
the, the gay community. We're talking anybody that's not just like Lily White, you know, pat each other on the butt, you know, in the steam room t- kind of guys. So uh, that that's all I'm saying. I have no problem. And if, if he does get erased from history because of it, I don't care. He can take his, what's he made now, 70, whatever millions of dollars. And a lot of this defense comes from Disney because he worked for Disney for so long. So they don't want to start having to answer hard questions. So it's True. easier to defend them because they're going to be like, wait a minute, this guy was on Monday Night Football for all these years and nobody noticed this. Like, of course they noticed that. You know what I'm saying? So not not to get off on a tangent, but, man, it, it just it just really bothers me because just the droves come out to defend people like this. And you're like, why? Like why? Yeah. What? 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 What about John Gruden? Like, what's? We know what it is. We know. We know exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. Sorry. So here, here's what I'll say. Do I think John Raiden, John Gruden is a racist? No. What I will say is he's he's 58 years old, which means I I'm not I can't do quick math. So he was born a while ago. It's been <laughs> a minute. Which means his parents were born two minutes ago. Now you're getting now you're getting somewhere. So and, and this is what I as I've gotten older, because when I was a kid, trust me, I was quick. I've I've experienced racism firsthand. And it's it's, it's these the most subtle things that people like you, Jeff, you might not you might not click. Like I've had to explain to people when I go into stores with, with certain friends and it's a true true story. And and again, it's very subtle, but it's things that I pick up on just because of seeing different people's interactions. I walked into Kohl's with one of my best friends. She's white. Um, the people in front of us, they walked in before us, and it was a white couple, older white couple, and the Kohl's worker instantly, also a white worker. Hi, how are you doing? Do you need help looking for anything? Can I help you out? Blah, blah, blah. No, we're just looking. Okay, let me know if you need anything. My name is whatever. And mind you, it wasn't like a 20, 30 yard, 20, 30 foot difference between us. We were maybe four steps behind them. And the lady just turned around and started, kept doing what she was doing. And I went, oh, okay. And my friend was like, she didn't understand. She's like, well, why does it matter? I, I want these workers not to talk to me. I would love for them to just leave me alone, let me shop. I said, I get that. So, but here's the thing. When they do that to the people in front, and then they see me with my skin tone, and they don't, first thing I think is, okay, it's because I'm brown. So, yes, I'm sure people would love to not be bothered while they're shopping. I get it. But it's just, those are the little things that yep. I've picked up on in my life. And maybe maybe that person wasn't. Maybe she honestly just didn't see me. But dealing with it so long in my life, and and trust me, I don't even, and I know I didn't have it bad growing up compared to what my parents and what my grandparents had growing up. Yep. Um, but just the little things that I, I'm very much, I'm much more keen to it than than maybe other people are. So do I think John Gruden is a racist? No. He's Does he have racist ideologies? I would say he does, that's but because fair. that's thank what you. he was taught. Thank, thank you for saying that, I, and that's and that's exactly the point that I was trying to get at. I just want to recognize that yeah. that's this is exactly what we're talking about because I I understand what he's thinking. 
Like he's like, I'm not racist. I never didn't do this or didn't do that. But maybe the okay. So when he's at the scouting combine, which you said, maybe somebody beside him doesn't pick up on the subtlety. You know, they're like, yeah, John Gruden's with me. You know what I mean? Like th- mm-hmm. this, this is the systemic stuff that we're yep. talking about. Well, once again, I have no problem <laughs> with erasing that from the planet. So, right. Sorry, John Gruden. It's the it's the subconscious racism for me. That, that's right. truly what it is. And and I and whenever I get into the whole police brutality topic with people, is one of the things I bring up instantly is because they always say, "Oh, you can't think that every white cop is racist." You're right. I don't. But I think that they it's subconscious. They don't even think about it. Perfect example: the George Floyd murder. Um, Derek Chauvin had his knee on this man's neck. Was told, "I can't breathe." Looked at the camera, literally looked at the camera, and and did nothing. He he was like, okay, yeah, you can't breathe, cool, whatever. And again, I don't think Derek Chauvin is inherently a racist, but subconsciously, deep deep in his brain, where he can't even unlock it. Yep. His brain thought, I'm white, I can get away with it. Yep. Who cares? So, but back to John Gruden again. Do I think he's racist? No, not at all. He has racist ideologies. What he was taught growing up. That's the language that was used growing up. I get it. We had we had a group chat, and, and this goes back to ties directly into one of the other, other slurs he used. He used the, the F word in reference to mm. homosexuals. Anybody that knows me, my very first time really learning any type of civil activism, I grew up in California. We had, at the time, Prop 8. This was back in 2010-ish, 2008, somewhere around there. We had Prop 8 was for gay people the right to marry. That was my first time really experiencing and dipping my toes in any type of activism. I was very big into it because the best friend that I was with walking into Coles, she's gay. And that was my first time really getting into it. And so the LGBTQ, LGBTQ plus community, very near and dear to my heart. So for him to use that slur while having an, the first openly gay player that, in that the one NFL. stung man that one stung i cannot imagine what and and carl nassib had to take a personal day either yesterday or today which oh it was today actually which i completely understand because here's the thing what you're not gonna show your racism your misogynistic side your homophobia you're not gonna show that out loud especially when you have a, a room full of those people that you, whether it's, you know, intentionally or subconsciously, you discriminate against them. You use slurs against them. You're not going to say that out loud. You're not going to come into the locker room and call Karen Nassib that slur. You're not going to walk by Josh Jacobs and call him the N-word. Of course, you're not going to do that. So when people, when people are talking about Mike Tirico and Tony Dungy, I don't fault them at all. Right. They were going off of what they were shown, the side that John Gruden wanted them to see. Again, he's not going to be in the booth talking to Mike Tirico, calling him any racial slur. Right. Well, so, just just real quick, I want to touch on that. I, you're doing great, man. I, I I feel like I'm watching your show at this point, so I'd be on it. But I just want to bring up that this is basically what Gruden was doing was the black friends thing. Like th- whoever benefited Gruden, they're like, oh no no no, they're they're not a bad one. Whether it's whether it's 
like I said, whether it's gay, minority, a woman or whatever, like, mm-hmm. oh, no, no, they're one of the good ones. It, that's not the ones I was talking about. And that is systemic racism mm-hmm. or not. And I think we got to extend that now. I think this might start a great conversation about a general, a broader scope, you know, that, that we can talk about. But, um, yeah, sorry to interrupt you. But No, 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 you're, you're fine. Um, but, yeah, for him to use the that the f word the towards homosexual the homosexual slur it to have an openly gay player when literally on this show me and you we praised him we praised carnassi for the just the the brave bravery that it took to come out and say that and then to just wake up one day and find out that your your coach is using that type of language and my father used to always tell me this uh this phrase for every and for every roach you find on the stove, there's a thousand behind it. So yeah, we got this one email. We seen these emails. We have seen these emails of him using these slurs ten years ago. That we we would be very very naive to think he has not used those words since. Yeah, including up until up until the, these emails were leaked. Yeah, because you're always going to keep doing something until you're caught. That's just human nature. You might do it one time and say, okay, you know, I didn't get caught. Let me try it again. And you're going to keep doing it until you get caught. So to think that John Gruden, that this was a one-time thing, that there was, he was said it in the heat of the moment. No, not at all. Especially, especially in an email cruise. Like that's the last resort for the, like, that's the most recorded thing. You're sending it to your, it's like, if, if it gets to that point, I wonder how much, you, I, I've always said this. Why, why is it on the tip of your tongue? Like, why is that your go-to? That is, I, I, I just don't even have the, the mental capacity to understand. Like, like <laughs> getting mad. Like, I don't know what else to say, and then just right. go for like the worst thing I can think of. It just because here it's the classic. Like, you're trying to undercut. You're trying to undercut. You know, that's any any time somebody has a problem with a, a very successful you know, black person, that's what they do. Like, let's just undercut them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Instead of like taking them and that's what he did because that's the easiest thing for someone like John Gruden to do. It's just disgusting. And then like, like you bring up, you know, using the F word like that. And we're not talking about the F word. We're talking about the F word, which right. um, it, it, I, that one, I was like, I, I just can't, if that's in your vocabulary, like if that's even something that, like I don't, it, so I, I'll give you an example. I was we were me and my wife were discussing this because my you know she's she's way smarter than me and I'm really smart. She's way smarter than me, but um we were discussing this and I was just describing what he said and I was using that as an example. You know what I mean? And I was like, yeah. And he said, you know, whatever. And she was like, she almost pushed me off a stool for just telling her what happened. I was and I wasn't. I was using it as to say, you know, word for word what happened mm-hmm. for impact. And and she was like, I, like, just the sound of it, you know, makes your skin crawl. Yeah, it does. So how can you type it, look at it, you know, spell check it and still like, yeah, that's what I want to go with. Mm-hmm. And then the whole like, well, things are different now. How many hundreds of years is America going to use that things are different now? Like, oh, things are different now. They're not different now. I'm sorry. They're not different now. 
And I just, I want to stand up for, you know, I see a lot of uh, like, oh, they got, you know, Gruden canceled or they are trying to do this or yes, you're right. They are like, and they, and they deserve it. So for the first time, like they is a positive thing and this dude's a creep and I have no problem, you know, wiping him off the uh, memory. Yeah. Thanks. Um, I, I'm so I'm so you're doing a great job. You're more eloquent you. than I am, but this is just like, and you know, and I'm on the other side of it. Like, this is what I like about the off the ball network. And I love about doing shows like you, you know, you come from the viewpoint of, like you said, walking into a store and this happens. And I come from the complete opposite to where I get the benefit of the doubt. As soon as I walk into the room. Yeah. Like you and I both know like where, where my mind's at, where my heart's at and everything. But I get the benefit of the doubt walking in the room like, oh, that guy's with me. They have no idea what I'm thinking, no idea what I'm feeling, but I get the benefit of the doubt. And that also makes me like when people discuss this around me, they don't discuss it like me and you are discussing it, Cruz. They discuss it completely differently. Right. I get the like jokes and I get the like trying to erase history and blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? Like I get the other side of it. So it's this isn't a when they say they got him erased like this isn't like you know oh this small part of the population acts like this what a mistake no 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 this is this is a very much more broad scale and i'm telling you when these guys meet at the scouting combine and they're 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 sitting around and they're having their steaks and and they're drinking together there's way more john gruden's out there than, than we know about right now and my question is this email goes out. There's no what's why isn't there email fired? Why isn't there an email fired back that I'm reading about that says that was disgusting? Um, nobody should hire this guy. This guy got hired with a hundred million dollar contract and in a sport that is predominantly minority after. After somebody read this, this isn't this wasn't a text to his buddy. This wasn't in a fantasy football chat room. So my question is, like, when do we start digging into like, wait a minute, why did somebody, you know, why did somebody hire John Green or why did somebody bring this up? These are the things that bother me. John Green didn't get hired that long ago. No, he didn't. (laughs) It hasn't. It's been I think he's in his fourth year, correct? Something like that. Yeah. Like, like. Well, let's put it this way. 2019, there was all this technology. Like right. everything was out there. So nobody speaks up and says, man, that was, that was, that wasn't right, John. You got to, you know, I'm not down with that. These are the things, like, let's, let's face it, man, this is off the ball network. If in our chat room, you guys said something like that, we would immediately be like, no, that's not, no, we're not doing this. Like at least that. So I, yeah. I need to, I need to dig more into this. Like, was there was there a person that was like, no, no, we're not doing this, John? Like, whoa, 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 whoa. So then they go to hire him. They, they supposedly go through this hiring process. Why this guy's one of the most famous people in America because he's doing Monday Night Football, and nobody says, I don't know. I, I this this bothers me probably as much as what came out about it. Well, when you consider the fact that who was on the receiving end of that email was the guy who forced Washington cheerleaders to take top pictures. I was trying to get you back there. I was trying to get you Yeah. Yeah. So it doesn't surprise me that Bruce, that Bruce Allen isn't the most stand up guy when it comes to, you know, 
racist and homophobic stories. But you brought up a good point of if one of us in the chat were to kind of speak out of pocket, we have some of us have in a in a in an educational way, because we we talk about cancel culture, you know, pretty frequently in, in our group chat. And I know one person did bring up the question, you know, these certain words, they've they've always been used. Why are they bad now? And I I took a chance. I took the opportunity to attempt to educate. And I feel like I did educate him a little bit. And I, and I did explain to him, yes, those words have always been used. Just because it's always been used doesn't mean it's okay. Yep. At one point, the N-word was a commonly used word that was completely yep. okay. Yep. And then people were like, hey, that, that's that's not a cool word. Let's not use it. And I, And obviously, they weren't. Like, oh, okay, you're right. It is a bad word. Let's not say it. No, you're going to have people say, oh, well, I've always used it. Yeah. I'm not a racist, but that's just how I talk. Same thing with with the homosexual slur, the R word um, yeah. pertaining to people with uh, mental disabilities. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's always a chance for education. And yes, again, this email was 10 years ago. That means he was 48. 10 years ago, we knew about certain words, but to bring it back full circle to what I said in the beginning was that this wasn't even a topic. He wasn't even the topic of the investigation. He wasn't, nor was his team, his owner, nowhere near him was the topic of the investigation. The Washington football team was, and and specifically Bruce Allen and Dan Snyder into the culture of sexual harassment and sexual allegations that was being brought forward that started last year with the New York Times article. There's about 650,000 emails that have been, that they went through and none of them are going to be released. The NFL has pretty much said, we don't plan on releasing any emails that could possibly implicate Dan Snyder or Bruce Allen. Well, we pretty much know Bruce Allen has been, he's been out of, but he hasn't been with the team for, for years. And, and it reminds us that at the end of the day, the commissioner is still owned by the owners. The commissioner yes. still works for the owners. And as long as they pay him, as long as he's making this 40 plus million dollars a year, he's going to do whatever it takes to protect his owners. Yep. And hopefully with, with, with all this coming out right now, hopefully there's going to be backlash and, and pressure from, not only everybody in social media, but hopefully investors soon will start pressing um, Roger Goodell to allow these emails to be to be um, oh viewed for the public, for the public to view. Hopefully, Dan Snyder is forced to sell the team because at this point, that's pretty much. And I know a lot of Washington fans absolutely despise Dan Snyder. I think. I think only about three or four people actually like Dan Snyder. And one of those people is his wife. I don't think Ron Rivera likes him very much. I don't think Jason Wright likes him at all. The, then, And another thing too, the NFL literally gave this man $480 million to buy out all the minority owners of, of the team last year. So he can be, he can be literally the, the sole owner. Wow. And so I, I know Roger Dale's not, he's going to do everything in his power to protect him. And I really do think it's only going to come down to when when investors start, when sponsors start pulling their their deals, their their money, 
And even then, I think it's going to take a lot of investors. Yeah, because that team is valuable. It's it's, it's got to be one of the highest in the league, correct? I think third, third or fourth behind, obviously I mean, that, New England, Dallas, but, and but that's obscene. Like, I mean, we're talking what three billion? Easily, at least. I'm <laughs> I mean, it up right now. It's. I know that Washington's always been one of the most you know valuable teams in the league. And I don't know why. Four point two billion right now is what Washington is worth. Four point two billion dollars. Right. And that's actually third in our division. Behind the oh, yeah, Giants, you guys. Giants at four point eight. And then obviously the Dallas Cowboys, which I think yeah. are third oh. in the world. They're off the charts. A couple soccer teams. A couple over soccer, in yeah. But do you think do you think these e- these emails will ever actually be released? I do, and here and here's why. I think, and, and strictly because technology, I don't think you can hide it anymore. I think they can do whatever they want. But I think if I think if me and Rob Cruz and uh, Couch Coach got together and could come up with enough money, that there's a smart enough person that's like, I can get these emails because digital stuff just doesn't go away. It's not You're right. Here's the thing. Even if it gets released, and they're like, "That shouldn't have been released." It doesn't matter. As soon as we see them, it's it's part of the conversation. So I really, really do think that I don't think people will quit digging on this. Um, you're not going to be able to hide. This, these aren't paper. These aren't these aren't paper emails. You know, printed off and handed to each other. You know, and things like that. They're not facts. Let's put it this way: they're not facts. <laughs> yeah, it, just, it 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 baffles me. Yeah, so I really, really do think that this this is not going to stop. I think this is probably, and they're going to come through it. I understand the NFL always survives this stuff. You you just spoke on it. Goodell always survives this stuff. But I think that I really think that it's going to come out. You know, a team may have to sell. Maybe another coach gets fired and all that and then they'll do they'll do the same thing they, i mean they just went through this with kaepernick dude like we just saw it like what what four years ago like we'll have all the evidence and all this um you know they'll go they'll they'll go through the the channels that they need to they'll they'll put out commercials and all these things and they'll kind of get by it because that's just what america does it yeah. is literally just they're just gonna if you just keep waiting it out if you just keep waiting it out, you just keep fighting it, you just keep ignoring it, you just keep throwing somebody under the bus every now and then, eventually. Because I'm sure that as soon as this happened, they're like, Gruden's gone. Like, let's, let's, if they, because if they, if Goodell or whoever fights for Gruden, then they're really going to start digging. Yeah. And just like you said, what, what, what are the emails sent the last 10 years? Yeah. If we're only at 10 years ago, what's the last 10 years? So, it's just going to be the same old treadmill. And then and it, this isn't about the NFL product. And like, so everybody says like, Oh, stop watching. Now these are two different things. Billionaire business owners of a team and me watching a 24 year old play football are not the same thing. So don't act like, you know, I can't want both. That That's ridiculous. Yeah, that's that, that would be the same as me saying like, you know, 
oh, I don't, uh, you know, I don't eat food anymore because there's rich people that own, you know, <laughs> these giant chicken farms. Like that's, yeah. that, these aren't the same things. Like I understand what you're saying, but th that's not realistic. Like yeah. we can hold people accountable and the people that are working for them, you know, don't have to suffer because that's what they want to trick you into. What they want to say is, this, this is what happened with Kaepernick. This is exactly what happened with Kaepernick. And this is this the Kaepernick situation pales in comparison to this because this is affecting so many things. But they're like, oh, if you if if you support this, then this is gonna leave. We're gonna take this from you. So everybody's like, okay, I'm on I'm on the NFL side. Like it's if all I gotta do is sacrifice one average quarterback. And then I get my NFL back. Yeah. I'm good with it. That's that's what they did on that. And then they're going to do the same thing on this one. You know, they're like, oh, if you keep pushing this, remember the concussions, the concussions, they did this. Oh, these lawsuits are going to bankrupt the NFL. Like, oh, the NFL is going to collapse. And all of a sudden everybody's like, no, oh, no, we don't, we don't, we're not that serious about it. Like, uh, you know, they're going to do the same thing with this. Like, oh, if you keep getting on these emails, they're going to find out everybody. And they're, and, no, quit doing that. The, the, the whole bait and switch thing, it's its just the American way. We're not doing it on this one. Dig through the emails. Do what you need to do with these. With the, I'm just going to say these dudes because it's just always these dudes. <laughs> and then, and also you can keep, keep playing the game on the field. You can do both. They need to quit telling us that it's an either-or situation because that doesn't work. It, it didn't. You know, that was the excuse, you know, during the Civil War, like, well, I'm just saying if the North wins, like everything's going to collapse. And then people are like, oh, I don't want to lose everything I own, but I also don't want slavery. Like th th this is and I know that was an extreme thing, but that's just that's that's just what they do. Like, oh, no, I'm, if you stand up for this, everything's going to collapse. Like you're not going to have anything anymore. They're going to take everything from you. Like, no, it's not true. We can punish these guys that own teams. We can figure this out. We can make them publicly traded teams. There's there's a lot of options. You yeah. know what I mean? They, they can figure it out, and they can keep playing football. They, they need to quit threatening people with taking away their Sunday afternoons. Yeah, I agree. The And, and Jay John, John, I keep saying Jay Gruden. John Gruden even made a comment about Eric Reed during the whole Yes, the whole protest and made comments about the concussion. Oh, once they get into that, once they get into that, you wait and see how deep this goes. Good point. I, it just it, and to bring it back to Kaepernick is this was all while Kaepernick was getting blacklisted from from the league. Yep. You can talk about you know how he played in his last year and all you want. The fact is, even. That was in what 2015, 2016? Yeah. Someone. Yeah. For at least two years. Let's just give him two years. He was a top 64 quarterback in the league. Yeah. So all and this is while Nathan Peterman was throwing five interceptions a game. And people still want to say, oh, well, it's because Kaepernick, he just wasn't good anymore. Yeah. Which yes, I, I to a certain extent, if he was good and doing this, sure. They they probably could have been like, okay, hey, just don't do it as much. They because Greg Hardy, after getting being convicted of beating his girlfriend, throwing him on a pile of guns that he, I think, illegally owned, you know, he still got signed because he was yep. producing Ray Rice. After he was done producing his big numbers, that whole elevator video came out and he was done. He never got another chance. 
Orlando Pace literally killed a guy in in a drunk driving accident, I believe it was, back in the early 2000s. Literally killed a man, but he was one of the best tackles in the league. So, of course, he got another chance. Dante Stallworth, same thing. He killed a guy, vehicular manslaughter, DUI, drunk driving incident. Shortly after that, he didn't produce anymore. He was no longer in the league. So all this, oh, he just wasn't good. No. Mm-hmm. No, you cannot say well, that when Nathan Peterman was still in the league. I just want to talk about this too with Kaepernick. Like, you know, we, we didn't do these shows back then. This will be real quick. Mm-hmm. And everybody says, you know, he was injured and he couldn't throw anymore. And then he was out of the league. But here's the other side of that. But yeah, if he stays on a team, you know what they have? They they have a medical staff. They have a training staff. They have coaches. They have so many things that can get you. Like we've seen lots of guys come back from injuries and Mm -hmm. especially slight shoulder injuries and all that. So I just want to like, that's always the easy excuse to go to is like, I just couldn't play anymore. He was hurt. Like, well, yeah, but if he, if he doesn't get another job, there's no rehab and there's none of these things. I mean, Drew Brees, could barely throw a football and wind up being one of the absolute greatest quarterbacks of all time because somebody yeah. gave him a chance yeah. and let him work it out. I'm not saying Ka- Kaepernick would have been that, but I just want to just I just want to just you know diffuse that that that's an argument I've heard forever. I watched Kaepernick play. He was good enough to be on a team several times, mm-hmm. you know, at that level. Everybody knows what happened. Like it's it's so obvious what happened, and I I really do, and it, I really do hope they dig through this and start, you know, c- you know, coming up with these things and coming up with the reasons, coming up with these un, you know, unspoken emails and these behind the scenes these deals. I mean, Kaepernick's just one example. Yeah. You, you brought up re- there's there's been players that we never even heard about that this happened to. You you know what I mean? So it's just it, it's just ridiculous, and then. The female part of it is just off the charts. That's horrible. Like just to, to talk about and to treat them, you know, that way, you know, it just, there's, there's so many facets, facets to this. I just, I just really hope somebody keeps peeling back this onion to expose these things. So do I, I hope I, I think I know her last name is Wil, Wilkerson or Wilkinson. I feel terrible for getting her name wrong. Um, But the, the woman who, who did the, the investigation, I I don't know if she can, if she's able to legally, she's able to release all of her findings or what. But I hope that if the NFL doesn't voluntarily say, okay, look, let's because the NFL is has been this given this false hope of of um transparency. So all oh, we're gonna be transparent with everything. Yes, exactly. You're transparent with what Jay Gr- with John Gruden, with what John Gruden said and his actions and his words towards the gay community women and african-americans but you're not going to be transparent with what bruce allen said in return and the entire washington football team organization so no you're not transparent you're transparent in what you want to be transparent in you just want you were i'm sure he was so glad when he got the news that he could that he had a scapegoat he said oh look what hey we found these six hundred and fifty thousand emails John Gruden said this. He said, that's our guy right there. Give them this. Fire him. Do whatever you yep. have to do with him. And hope, and eventually we'll be done with it. Yep. Because that is how the new cycle works in, in this country. We'll harp on something for a little bit. And then eventually 
it'll kind of go away. Yeah. And we won't have to deal with it anymore. Nobody cares about an average NFL coach being fired from Las Vegas. Nobody cares. Nope. Nobody cares. No, we don't. But it, it's just it's a sad situation all around. And honestly, I, I feel for uh, Smith, what he had to just, I mean, again, words are, words can cut like that. The, that phrase, sticks and stones or can break my bones or words that never hurt me. That, that is an absolute lie, complete, complete fallacy that people who just wanted to pick on you and be mean with their words, try to yep. tell you, <laughs> Yep, but exactly. words can definitely cut deep for Denora Smith to have to read that for car Nassib to have to wake up and read that coming from your own head coach. Somebody who has shook your hand every single day, probably told you they love you like a son. Yep. To use that kind of language. Um, I feel for him. Um, for all the women who, not just the Washington football team, former cheerleaders, but every woman that's involved, I, I truly do feel for them. It is a sad situation all around. And I do hope these emails do get released to the public sometime soon. Or the the lady who did the investigation, she ends up releasing everything that she found out. But with that, Jeff, I know it's late on your side, on your side of the, the country. My I'm going to get you country. out of here. Yeah, I know you had a busy day. You did a great show with Mo. <laughs> um, I was kind of sad. I'm like, man, how am I going to follow, follow that up? <laughs> no, nah, man, and, you're, the, you're the best for sure. I try to be. You guys make me better over here. Um, with that being said, thank you, everybody that watched. Uh, whether you liked it, retweeted it, shared it, thank you so much. I do the great appreciate. Jeff, go ahead and tell the people where they can find you at. And you can find me at jhunt 6 on Twitter. If you want to get at me, you can find me at Jeff Needs Sports on uh, wherever you listen to your podcast. And, of course, you can check out my uh, NFL and college uh, football rankings on offtheballnetwork.com. Uh, once again, I want to thank Cruz for having me on for such a great subject. He's the best at handling this, and it, it's, it's, honest, it's honestly an honor to be on here with you, man. Jeff, thank you so much for those words. It they really does really does mean a lot to me. This network is is been the absolutely the best thing that ever happened to me. I, I tell people all the time. I I did my very first show uh, sometime in November of 2019. It was after the LSU Alabama game. I had been talking about it, been wanting to do it. And after that game, I was like, you know what? Nobody's home. I'm doing it. I, I got in this <laughs> office. I'm here right now. It was my wife's office at the time. Loaded up my little snowball mic that I had. And I did it, and it's been crazy ever since then to think that I am where I'm at now, part of literally, and I'm not just saying it because I'm a part of the network, but literally part of the best network. Like the beef that I've had with individuals in this network alone, <laughs> and that we can still be cool after all of it dies down, we'll talk calmly. Um, Edgar, I'm talking to you, my guy. Um, <laughs> They obviously first one that comes to mind, but just the fact that we, we really are a family and it does feel like it. Jeff VP of off the ball network, shout out to uh, Chris LeBron Prez, Mo, the other VP. Thank you guys so much for watching. Y'all already know where you can find me FNC pod on Twitter, right there. Football and show podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, Friday night, I have Washington football guys with my, with my guy, uh, couch coach live. It's going to be, it's going to be an interesting show. Um, <laughs> I don't think it's going to be as an optimistic of a show as we normally do. Uh, because again, the chiefs also are two and three, but again, they're a much different two and three team than we are right now. 
Uh, but definitely be on the lookout for that. I know Saturday morning we got See You Sunday. Um, absolutely the best Saturday morning show right behind like Powerpuff Girls. It's like Powerpuff Girls, <laughs> Next Slab, See You Sunday. It's right there. It's up there with Saturday morning cartoons. Absolutely. Um, and then obviously Monday night we got Overreaction. Always a fun time being on Overreaction. Definitely go check out Off the Ball Network. If you're new to the show, like my page. Give me a follow. Uh, that, again, go like everybody at Off the Ball Network. Definitely putting out great articles each and every day. Great content put, being uh, great content being put out there. Um, and with that, Jeff, thank you once again. You're we the best, out. man.